When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Can the NFL really play its season in a bubble in 2020? We're going to discuss that as well as uh, a couple of new additions to the Browns Legends class today on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Scott Patsko, and speaking of legends, we're here with Mary Kay Cabot. How you doing, Mary Kay? Well, what an introduction that is, Scott. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're, you're not in the Browns Legends program. Why is that? I don't know. I think that maybe I should be. Hopefully that will get corrected one of these days. <laughs> you know how they're going to honor you, right? Uh, in, the, in, the, in the press box at First Energy Stadium, they have that wall yes. where they have like a collage of, uh, of media members in Cleveland. They got like Hal Leibovitz and yeah. like Nev Chandler, Bob August, yes. all those Chuck Heaton's probably on there. But they have, a, they have a spot, it seems like, carved out in that collage just waiting yeah. for your photo. No, that's true. But do you know that every one of those people in the photo are, have passed away. Do you realize that? Ah, I didn't know it was a, a memoriam thing. <laughs> well, then you, you, hopefully it will be a while before you're on there. <laughs> so don't be too quick to get me on the wall, Scott. That's true. That's true. But there's a spot one day. One there day. is a spot. I, I can envision myself in that spot. Yes, I do. Well, there you go. Well, before we start talking about uh, Brown's Legends, I did want to talk about what uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci had to say uh, on CNN this week. Uh, he was talking about uh, the possibility of the NFL restarting. And uh, he said that unless players are essentially in a bubble, insulated from the community and are tested nearly every day, it would be very hard to see how football is played in the fall. Uh, he said if there's a second wave, which is certainly a possibility, uh, it would be complicated by the predictable flu season and then just football just may not happen. And, of course, the NFL had a response to that, didn't they? Yeah, they absolutely did. I mean, they came back pretty quickly, uh, Dr. Sills, the chief medical director of the NFL, and responded and basically said, we're going to do everything that we possibly can to make sure that this is safe. But they made it very clear. We still plan on playing the season as scheduled in 2020. They're not conceding anything. They're not giving up anything yet, not even saying anything yet about a shortened season, about pushing it back or anything as of right now in the NFL, in the eyes of the NFL, it's all systems go. Yeah. I think the only thing we've really heard about possible shortening has to do with the preseason and cutting that back to, to two games. I don't, you know, obviously they're alluding to, or Fauci's alluding to what the NBA is, is doing in Disney world or Disneyland, or I get the two mixed up, whichever it is in Florida um, and having their kind of uh, playoff tournament there. I don't, 
where in the world could you house 32 NFL teams, coaches, personnel, staff, I don't, and have them play? I don't know if that place exists. I mean, you're talking so many more people in one place than what you would have with, with essentially half of the NBA. Well, I'm just voting for Vegas, Scott. That, that's <laughs> all. I, <laughs> Everybody gets their own casino. Yeah. I have no idea where you could do something like this, you know, unless you just go to like, uh, whatever, South Dakota or Montana or something like that. Uh, no, really, I, I just don't envision how they can make this happen. I do not see the NFL trying to pull this off in a bubble. Uh, I think that more so they will just do a lot of testing and try to isolate guys if they test positive and hope that, that they don't have widespread COVID and who knows how this is going to go. Well, you know, the idea of this is you basically take the teams and you isolate them from everybody else, including their families. Mm -hmm. So there would need to be media to cover that and it would be limited. But if you were someone who's on the Browns beat and you're going to be part of this bubble, I mean, would yeah. you, you're talking months away from your family. Now you do work long hours, obviously covering the Browns. We've seen that, but even as a media member, that's, that's a tough call to have to be away from your, from your family, basically from September through, you know, if there's playoffs through the beginning of the year. And I don't know if I'd be interested in doing that. Well, Scott, after th my three adult children moved back into the home in March, okay, so I've got a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old, and a 19-year-old in the house right now, I would welcome the opportunity yes. <laughs> to go be away from everyone in this house for, for like four or five months. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, <laughs> I'm loving having my, all my little duckies around. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving do, doing all of the extra laundry. I'm loving doing, um, you know, all of the food preparation that I was never, ever good at to begin with, really. Mm -hmm. My husband says that I am in a 26-year cooking slump. And, you know, I just can't argue with him about that. Um, but yes, no, it would be really, really hard for everybody to be away from their families, uh, you know, from their spouses. It, it really would be incredibly, incredibly difficult, especially because we are all so tightly bonded again. Yeah, that's true. And I think uh, even some players have brought that up, you know, about maybe not being totally on board with, with not being able to see their, their families. For I mean, a lot of these guys are younger. They have younger kids, you know, they don't have adult, <laughs> adult children. And right. uh, it would be, it would be quite a quite a change to go through that. So I, I think it seems like the NFL right now is still in the mode of let's hope something good happens in the next month and a half to where we can have football without having to make major changes. That, that's what it seems like to me. They would really prefer to put this off as long as possible. Well, I will tell you, you know, this kind of came out of left field today. Up until today, I don't think anybody, I don't ever remember hearing Dr. Fauci really say it, or at least not recently, that football probably isn't going to happen unless you put everybody in a bubble. I mean, that, that really rocked the NFL's world today. Enough, again, that they had to come out and respond to it right away. Now we're going to have to hear probably what the NFLPA has to say about it, which, of course, the president is Brown Center J.C. Treader. Uh, he's probably crafting some kind of a response to this himself. So it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we do know this about J.C. Treader. He, and I've said this before on this podcast, he's very protective. Papa Bear is very protective of those Cubs, and he is not going to let them get out on the football field if it's not safe for them. All right, well, let's switch gears. We had a little bit of Browns news today uh, via the Browns. They're going to 
induct a couple new players into their Browns Legends program, which is it's essentially a Browns Hall of Fame. It's not the Ring of Honor that you might remember Clay Matthews being inducted in last year. This is uh, more a, a symbolic thing. Um, like I said, like a Hall of Fame, but Webster Slaughter uh, and Josh Cribbs are both going to be the, the new inductees. And if I counted correctly, they will take it up to 65 people uh, inducted into this since 2001. Of course, all the Hall of Famers are already in it. Um, but Slaughter and Cribs, you got to cover both of them. Uh, what, what, are, you know, what do you remember about those two? What sticks out? Well, I mean, you know, both of them were such a joy to cover from an on-the-field standpoint and even from an off-the-field standpoint. I mean, I just really like those guys so much. And it's no secret uh, why they became such incredible fan favorites. In fact, my, um, my neighbor that lives right across the street from me, uh, he has a Browns bus that is quite often parked in front of, I might even have a picture of it. I wonder if I could show you guys. Um, it's, uh, it's a Browns bus that, that he parks right in front of the, uh, can you see that? No, you can't see that. Um, right. <laughs> We're looking at our Zoom call for those listening. But yeah, it's, it's a little too bright to see on the Zoom call. Sorry about that. But anyways, um, one of these days I'll hold up a little picture of it. But it, it's, a, it's an old school bus renovated as a Browns bus and it's called the, it's Slaughterhouse is the name of the bus. So, uh, you know, that shows you right there uh, th what kind of an impact number 84 still has on so many Browns fans in Cleveland, how exciting he was, what a tremendous receiver he was. You know, I don't think we in these parts had anybody maybe quite like him until Braylon came along and then Josh Gordon came along. Uh, so, you know, he was one of the most exciting receivers of his era. And uh, just just so fun to cover and, and so amazing at his job. And then Josh Cribbs, I mean, you just cannot say enough about Josh Cribbs, mostly as a returner, how electric he was, the touchdowns, the records. Uh, he definitely be belongs in this Legends class. Uh, some people think that, that he uh, deserves some Hall of Fame consideration. And, um, and he, uh, you know, he's another one that, is just part of the fabric of this community. I mean, he, yeah. you know, he and his wife Maria, you know, now they've got like a show, on, I think on Channel 19. And, um, but, but Josh Cribbs was so often, you know, the voice of the Browns during that era where, you know, he was the go-to guy. You could always go and talk to him and he would always give you great stuff. And uh, he just embodied the spirit of the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he's one of the few players since 99 that you would probably put in that face of the franchise category, you know, mm -hmm. along with Joe Thomas and, and Phil Dawson. Uh, he kind of held that mantle, I think, for a while. Slaughter, two things that I'll always remember about Wesley Slaughter. Number one is how he would spike the ball after his touchdowns. He did this cool running, jumping, spike through the legs thing, and then he would come down and do his cabbage patch dance. Um, and then, of course, the, that, you know, the high five with Reggie Langhorn. When they, when they honor him, I think it's week three that they're doing this. It would be really cool to see Odell and Jarvis like reenact something like that after a touchdown yep. against the Redskins that day. Yes. Um, it would be easy to do, even if there's no fans in the stands to see it. I think it would be a cool thing to see on TV, uh, to see him paying tribute to that. Um, the other thing about Webster Slaughter is his rapping, which uh, I, I don't know if he ever made an album or not, but I know that I saw numerous clips during his, his years here of him rapping. There's one that sticks in my head of him. It was like in a, in a living room somewhere. He's rapping and Eric Metcalf is next to him dancing. 
I, I've searched YouTube all over looking for this. I've never found it. Uh, <laughs> but you can find on YouTube, Jim Valvano used to have this show. Uh, I don't even know what it was, but it was, it might've been on ESPN. It might've been something locally that he did when he was still coaching. I'm not sure, but Webster Slaughter was on this show and he rapped about, don't, about not doing drugs. And you can find this on YouTube. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's something everybody should see, but, but those are the two things that stick about uh, to me about, about Slaughter and Cribs. I mean, like you said, he was kind of like, he was kind of Joe Hayden a little bit before Joe Hayden kind of took over that role where Cribs was, was everywhere. Uh, he was you know, kind of Mr. Cleveland there for a while. And uh, I remember covering North Royalton football and they found out that Cribs lived in North Royalton and just bombarded him on Twitter, asking him to come to a game. And, and he did, he showed up on the sideline and, uh, and uh, the kids loved it. And, you know, he was kind of supportive of the program, but, but he was like that. He would kind of do those things. So it's, it's kind of neat that those guys will be there this year getting inducted. And um, like I said, it's going to take it up to about 65 people. While we're talking about legends, though, one thing I did recently is I asked all our Football Insider subscribers, who would be on a Browns player Mount Rushmore? And this is all time. And now you got four spots. And if you're only doing players, you know two of them. One is going to be Jim Brown. And the other one's going to be Otto Graham. And pretty much everybody who responded came up with those two. The other two were kind of hit and miss. But at the end of the day, Joe Thomas got enough votes for that third spot. And the last spot was a tie. Who do you think it was a tie between? Um, let me think. Uh, Leroy one, of them, one of them has a street named after him with the Browns facility is located. Okay. All right, Lou Groza, and I mean, I would think maybe Leroy Kelly, or no? Bernie. Um, Bernie Kosar? Bernie Kosar. Lou Bernie. Groza and Bernie. Now, this was, wasn't like a, you know, a totally scientific poll. It was kind of like me counting up all the responses. But basically, uh, it, was, it was Jim Brown, Otto Graham, Joe Thomas, and either Lou Groza or Bernie Kosar. Okay. I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. You know, Mary and Motley, Paul Warfield, Ozzy, they got a lot of votes. But, you know, that's, that's a pretty good... A pretty good group. So today, though, I asked the same subscribers, who goes on your, on your post-1999 Mount Rushmore? So you assume that everybody's going to pick Joe Thomas, and they did. But then the other three were pretty much, they were, they were kind of all over the map. But the most popular were Phil Dawson, which seems about right, mm -hmm. Josh Cribbs. And then the last one was Joe Hayden. I mean, what do you think about that foursome? Do you think that best represents the, the quote-unquote new era, second era of the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. Um, yes, I, I think that, that that would probably be the way to go. I'm, I was just trying to think of maybe uh, if there was anybody that we're, we're forgetting. I mean, I think we're heading into uh, – a period of some guys like, you know, Jarvis Landry might end up there. Um, you know, who knows my, you know, Miles Garrett. Miles it, Garrett was actually, he, he had seven votes. So he came really close. A lot of people liked him. A lot yeah. of people put Alex Mack yeah. on there. Um, and then Petonio Landry, Nick Chubb, they all got a couple votes. Yeah. Tim Couch got a vote. Yes. Tim. Basically the, he got a raw deal uh, award. Yes, that was, was how it was described. But I'm in, uh, that, I'm in that camp. 
for sure. Yeah. And uh, Quell Jackson, too, got a vote. Okay, there you go. Uh, but I think, and we've talked about this before, that, you know, now, and we, talk, we even talked about this yesterday, now there are starting to be some of those real star players. So I think those decisions, if you did this even two years from now, I think you'd have some different oh, yeah. names on there. Um, because I think you've got some rising stars. I think you've got some real rising stars. Nick Chubb, uh, when all is said and done, could end up there. Uh, you've got uh, Miles Garrett could end up there. Jarvis, you know, Odell could be a candidate for that. So uh, Baker Mayfield, I mean, you know, this, depending on how things go over the next few years, that Mount Rushmore could, uh, could really be kicked away at. Yeah, I think, well, when you look at Thomas, Dawson, Cribs, and Hayden, the thing that sticks out is that there are no quarterbacks on that list. And really, other than Tim Couch, which was very much an outlier in this little process, you didn't really have any quarterbacks getting any votes, which pretty much explains the last 20 years of Browns football that, you know, they didn't have the quarterback and they don't have that, that guy, that face of the franchise quarterback to put on something like a Mount Rushmore. Well, in addition, when you're looking at that, there's really, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at Josh mostly as a returner, then you just don't even really have any offensive skill players there. In addition to quarterback, you don't have a receiver, you yeah, don't have a running true. back there, right? I mean, you're talking about a kicker. You're t- two special teamers on Mount yes. Rushmore. <laughs> Think about that, right? And a left tackle, an offensive lineman. So, um, so if, you're, I, if your Mount Rushmore has two special teamers on it, you know you've had a rough go of it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, nothing against um, our beloved, beloved Phil Dawson and Josh Cribbs, but mm. – you know, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to the playoffs, you needed a quarterback to take you there. You probably, you might have needed a, a really amazing receiver to help get you there. Uh, you know, maybe a pass rusher, maybe, you know, maybe a running back. But, you know, it's, it's an interesting Mount Rushmore as of right now. But we're going to do this in three years and see how it changes. There you go. All right, let's take a break for a minute. And we're going to tell you a little bit more about Football Insider. Then we'll come back and wrap this up. Hey, it's Scott again. I wanted to tell you about Football Insider. It's a way for you to get text messages every day from Mary Kay Cabot, Dan Labby, and myself with the inside scoop and analysis on the Browns. You get to hear what we're hearing, and you get breaking news before it even goes up on cleveland.com. Part of the deal is our Football Insider newsletter, which comes out every morning. It's sent via text to all the subscribers, and it includes a piece of content that you're not going to find on cleveland.com. It could be our take on something. It could be a video or a stat breakdown. But it's something that doesn't go on the website. It's only there for you. You can also text us directly. It's a great way to kind of cut through the social media cloud and and avoid the trolls and get your questions directly to us. And it's the only way to get your questions on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So that alone should probably make you want to sign up. You can get a 14-day free trial. You can cancel any time. All it takes is one text to get started. But you won't want to cancel. We've already had hundreds of subscribers join us over the last year. And they all seem to love it. And they've stayed with us. It's only $3.99 a month, which is less than $0.14 a day. And you can take part in special events that we have. We've had Zoom calls uh, around the draft. We've also broke down Baker Mayfield recently via Zoom call with a lot of our subscribers. So how do you join? It's pretty simple. You can go to cleveland.com slash browns and click on the box along the right side of the page. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get going. Again, that's 216-208-3965. 3965 to become a football insider. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap up this episode by keeping with the whole legends uh, theme. 
earlier, uh, well, I don't know, a month ago maybe, less than a month ago, uh, Jedrick Wills was in the process of picking his uniform number, and Joe Thomas gave him his blessing to wear his number, and Kevin Stefanski came in and said, well, not so fast. You're going to have to pick something else, mm -hmm. um, which I think made me think that the Browns are, are holding on to that to retire it. Um, at this point, you have just the five retired numbers. Otto Graham's 14, Jim Brown's 32, uh, Lou Groza's 76. And then you got two that were, were done in memoriam. You got Ernie Davis with 45, and then uh, Don Fleming, 46. So not a lot of numbers retired. And really in football, you can't go crazy with that because certain positions need to wear certain numbers. I think the Bears have retired 12 numbers somehow. Um, but I'm, I'm thinking that the day they announced that Joe Thomas is a first ballot Hall of Famer, the Browns announced that they're going to be retiring his, his jersey that season. What do you think? Yeah, I, I could see that. And absolutely 100%. I know that Kevin Stefanski was kind of the, you know, out in front on t having to tell Jedrick Wills, no, you're not wearing number 73. But I really think that, you know, he had a little bit of input into that. I think that uh, that it was sort of an organizational decision because, you know, they know that they, I'm sure one of these days that they will be retiring Joe Thomas's number. And that is as it should be. I really do think that he will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I hope I will be in the room to help make that happen. Uh, I am a Hall of Fame selector and I'm looking forward to that day. And um, I would imagine that, uh, you know, Tony Grossi and I would be the two, if we're both still in the room, that we would kind of share the duties of, of presenting. I don't know that we're going to have to say that much. I mean, you know, sometimes yeah. what happens in the room is, you know, when it's, uh, you know, when it's like Brett Favre or somebody like that, and you just say, Brett Favre, <laughs> you know, just like, put the, you know, you just put the notebook down or whatever. Um, so it might be one of those situations where there's just not much that needs to be said. But I do think that he should have his number retired by the Browns at that time. Yeah, the Browns have obviously had a lot of great players who um, you could argue for having their number retired. The thing that sticks out about Thomas is that if he is, in fact, a first team or a first ballot Hall of Famer, he would just be the second first ballot Hall of Famer to go into the Hall of Fame, having played his entire season with the Browns. The only guy, other guy to do that is Jim Brown. Um, Paul Warfield was a first ballot Hall of Famer, but of course he had you know some of his best years with the Dolphins. So you know, if you look at it that way, that, that seems to me like a really good argument for, for retiring his number because that's, that's pretty uh, – in a pretty exclusive group, you know, that not only were you a first ballot Hall of Famer, but you did everything right here in Cleveland. Yeah, it, it was so special when you, you know, when you look back and reflect on it and just the streak and everything that, you know, that went along with it. So uh, it just is all pointing to that. It is a no-brainer. Uh, I, I really do hope and think that he will be – a first ballot Hall of Famer. And it's easy to throw that around and people, you know, people use that uh, sometimes a little bit too frequently. But in the case of, of Joe Thomas, it's absolutely justified. I think it will happen. And the retirement of the number should go along with it. All right. Well, there's the beginning of your argument when you're <laughs> in the room getting ready to select them. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for uh, today's edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. For Mary Kay, I'm Scott, and we'll talk to you next time.